Welcome to the Software People Stories. I'm Shiv. I'm Chitra. And I'm Gaiti. We bring you interesting untold stories of people associated with the creation or consumption of software-based solutions. You'll hear stories of what worked and sometimes what didn't. You will also hear very personal experiences and insights that would trigger your thoughts and inspire you to do even greater things. First, our heartfelt thanks to all you listeners for the love you have shown for permitting the software people stories to be part of your listening time over the last 200 weeks. Your wishes and encouragement is what has kept us going and will continue to do so. Thank you. This is a very special episode for the software people stories. This is the 200th episode. So, for this occasion, we have two guests, Soumya Gopalan and Ramya Gopalan, twin sisters now working at two of the IT giants doing leading edge work they have very interesting stories of their careers and perspectives this episode is also special as we have all the three hosts present we will be publishing this conversation in two parts this is part 1 where soumya and ramya share how they got into it and how they chose engineering for their studies about their experiences and thoughts on developing leading edge solutions some of them embedded and what they learned from their early experiences including a disappointing experience when the market acceptance of a fairly unique feature was somewhat underwhelming as well as the thrill of knowing that the code that you wrote was actually getting into production and is being used they also share how they bounce off ideas and support each other and their mantra to start simple and keep moving the difference having or not having some shoulder to cry on or somebody to bounce off your thoughts on could make on an individual we conclude this episode with a question of how they nurture or develop younger professional the answer to that question and a lot more insights some technical and many other on the softer aspects such as work life harmony will all be in part 2 of this conversation don't miss the next episode coming up next week meanwhile listen on to the first part of our conversation Hi Ramya, hi Soumya. Welcome to the Software People Stories. Hello, hi all of you. Nice to be here. We have we have listened to many, and Appas obviously told a lot about this podcast and and the people who make it happen. So nice to be here. Yeah, nice to see you all. Yeah, and as you know, this is uh, for a very special episode of ours. That is the two hundredth episode, and that's why we thought having two of you rather than you know one guest is going to be super special. So you know the general format. Yeah. we have uh, all the hosts also on this show chitra and gayatri are also here so we'll start with your origin story and then take it from there sure so my origin story let's see i don't reveal my age but i'm pretty old i'm an engineer in electronics and communication i did my bachelor's in rv college of engineering why i got into engineering i think i always had Uh, a love for math i used to love that subject in school and it was it came pretty naturally to me i knew i didn't like biology so it really made the decision easy uh, when i got into college and also our father opalan is uh, an engineer so i think that also inspired us uh, to become an engineer us in the sense ramya and me so i did bachelor's in electronics and communication in rv and after that i wanted to study further so wanted to do pursue higher education and so decided to do a masters in signal processing which was one of my favorite subjects 
in electronics and communication in RV. So that's what I did at Ohio State University. Post that, wanted to find a job. Actually, I was in two minds. I didn't know whether I wanted to uh, do a PhD or wanted to do a job or get into the industry. And I think at that point, I did seek advice from uh, from my father. And he said, it's probably good to get some exposure into the industry before you decide what you want to do in terms of higher education. So started looking for jobs here, found something in the wireless uh, domain. And at that point, the job market wasn't so great. So started with an internship in Interdigital, which is a wireless communications company. So did about a year there, uh, worked on uh, physical layer algorithms, so a lot of simulation on, on cognitive radio applications. So that's what I started off with. But my interest had always has always been image processing and, and anything to do with Im- images and videos. That's what I had specialized in in masters. So found a job at Amazon. Uh, they were starting a new a project which was in some way a startup-like project where it was something that they were envisioning for the future. Interviewed for a role here and got a job. Spent about close to eight years in Amazon. First four years was on this new project, which was pretty cutting edge. Even for for now, it's pretty cutting edge. Spent about four years there. Moved on to other projects because that project didn't see the light of the day, at least at that that day. And again, four more years. In Amazon, finally released something. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of the Echo product line, but there's there is a computer vision feature in that product which I worked on, which I I, I am proud of, was proud of at that time. Uh, decided to try something new and moved to Apple. Uh, and I've been at Apple uh, for about uh, four years now, three and a half years now. Again, continue to work on uh, image and video processing applications, specifically on the camera and photos app that that you probably use if you use an iPhone. So that's been my history. Yeah. Fantastic, Ramya. I have, have so many questions to ask you. Maybe we will hear from Ramya, her, um, her you know, origin story, and then we'll probably start. Yes. Yeah, I also <laughs> wanted to understand if, Ramya, you say that you're old, I don't know what I should call myself. <laughs> Same here. I'm older. 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 <laughs> But, but if you're of my father's thinking, then you'll call yourself under 40. Yeah. That's too old for me. <laughs> I'm still considered a teenager. Okay. <laughs> Age is just a number. <laughs> yeah, so my, my story is pretty much similar to Saumya's. So in school, I've always liked math class. And one thing while getting into making the decision between computer science and biology, I knew I didn't want to do biology. I was, I was horrible at memorizing things. And I, I had a love for for mathematics. So computer science was an easy, easy choice for me at that time. Same as Saumya. And we used to like do, you know, all our math uh, homework and our, all the problem solving together. So that it made it more fun. So yeah, I got into computer science, wrote uh, the common entrance test, got into RV, uh, did telecom, uh, Saumya did electronics, uh, graduated. I, we knew we wanted to study further. We knew we were not ready for a job. Uh, so we came, applied for master's, uh, got into Ohio State, uh, Shared the same advisor as uh, Saumya, uh, did signal processing uh, and communications, again, interned in the same company, and then uh, landed a job in Amazon. So I specialize in audio signal processing. So a lot of the uh, front-end signal processing and the speech enhancement technologies that go into the Echo products is what I kind of work on. I worked on it for eight years, and now I'm part of the health org uh, in Amazon. So it's more, uh, yeah, it's machine learning and signal processing based solutions for um, health applications. So yeah, it's the core has been 
machine learning and signal processing, but yeah, it's that's been constant from from the time I've worked. So that's pretty much it, I, I guess. So Ramya, what you said has uh, far-reaching implications, I think, in our home. We have uh, Alexa, Echo, and everything else that's going to follow. I'm very sure is going to make its way home. I already have uh, family members wishing Alexa good morning. Uh, <laughs> I don't get the same love and attention. Yeah, I mean, all, all complaints, uh, Alexa complaints come to me and I, I say I'm no longer part of Alexa. I now moved on to <laughs> the health org. So. <laughs> I mean, it's, been a, it's been a good journey in Amazon. Actually, I think the time Saumya moved to Apple, I tried to... I tried to look as well, but then I found a, a good good um, position within Amazon itself. And at that time, I kind of wanted to do something outside of audio and luckily found something in the health org. Um, so it's been, it's been fun. I'll probably start, uh, I mean, this is a very unique role that you're playing, right? Um, while it is software, particularly the SaaS software or the something in the cloud, you pretty much can uh, keep changing. Uh, as as and when there's a problem or as and when there's a new feature and functionality right but the way i've understood what you're doing it's more of an embedded software that you're working right how does the incremental way of working really impacted you uh, when you started off particularly when you make a change pretty much out of your hands right it's it's going to your uh, consumers and there's no way for you to make an update as and when you want to unless there is a next update you have to do it so what is your thought process on that and what were your early challenges to tackle this so maybe i'll go first yeah even i have been pretty much in the embedded software uh, domain nothing nothing stops me from going to the cloud uh, cloud side of things in terms of exp- my expertise but yeah all my all my development has been embedded and i think in terms of challenges like you said we have to be thorough when we make a release there are for future releases where you do bug fixes uh, but that's pretty much uh, they try to rule that out by a really solid qa process and the timelines are quite aggressive where you get your feature complete or what they call at least by definition and uh, spec complete very soon. And they're given a, a really long soak time for polish and QA. So there is high confidence when there is uh, something that's released that it's going to work as expected. We do notice field issues and there are some severity, high severity issues that are raised based on uh, bugs, but we do try and minimize it because we have this long uh, QA period. So it's pretty rigorous in terms of uh, how releases are made, as, especially as uh, we get closer to release, we try and cut down our, our updates and it can be as, as early as four months before, five months before, where you don't try and update your software uh, just as you as you build. So that's been my experience, at least. And I, I guess one thing I want to add is sometimes in Amazon, at least, um, if it meets a certain customer satisfaction, even if the objective performance is maybe not up to par. So we have like a pool of participants who test out the features. And so even if it like meets a certain customer satisfaction or a subjective uh, expectation, then uh, the features are released, at least within Amazon, at least. And so, and it's a very streamlined process, like uh, Soumya mentioned, it goes through its testing and then sign-offs and yeah there is a lead time to actually getting things into your into the build and uh, into the into customer hands but um, one thing that they do look for is also the, the subjective and subjective satisfaction or the customer satisfaction so 
I mean, we have even released things with probably there are bugs, but then if they're satisfied, overall experience is good. I guess that that confidence is also valued. Any stories that you want to share here in terms of saying, aha, I should have done this better or I learned something from here and uh, things like that. Any, any thoughts, uh, any funny moments? Yeah, I think one thing that we tend to forget is we are working in this really cross-functional environment and there are these really hard dates. So it's very important to realize when your cutoff is because these these dates are really aggressive. So in in Apple, there are these uh, bug review boards. So once you get past a date and you want to commit any change in, you need to go through this intense review process, which is uh, bubbled up to the program management in the program office. So I think initially when you're working in this cross-functional team, you realize, okay, there's this pipeline. And so if this is the date, you have to make sure you communicate all that you need to the person who's absorbing your change. And that person has to further do it uh, to the line uh, or the pipeline down, down, downstream. So I think when you don't know how long that chain is, it, uh, it gets very hard to estimate. And you realize you really don't have too much time to make your updates or changes that you, that you want to make. So I, I think I, I realized that a little, I would say not the most ideal way where you have to be on top of your uh, game in terms of realizing when the hard cutoff is for you. And then communication, again, becomes really important and crucial here. I think that's something that in terms of aha moments, not really aha, but I think I've I've learned that in terms of uh, uh, something that I didn't expect. I mean, in my case, I was pretty surprised that I was a relatively junior engineer and I, I basically took code from a scientist and kind of implemented it in embedded C++ and ported it onto the device. And I was surprised that it actually made, into, made it into production. I always thought it was kind of very strict. You know, you have to, I had this very a notion of there being like the senior engineers who are writing fancy code and, you know, really sophisticated code and then checking in, but it doesn't, ha- I mean, it can be anybody who checks in code as long as it works and it passes the tests. So I guess that's something that I was pretty thrilled by. Like when, when my first code went into production and I was pretty junior, I was like, yeah, it doesn't have to be all, it just has to work. So I had a question for the two of you in terms, how, how closely do you actually work with the customers? I mean, how close or how far are you from them when you are building your product? We, uh, we are pretty close in the sense when we get bugs. So you can, customers can file issues. And so that we do get to see that. So there is a triage process where first it goes to the, the apps team. And so since I'm not really in the applications team, it's triaged by them. They make sure it's not something in their layer. Then it comes to the algorithms team. So we are connected to customers in that way, uh, in the sense we do get to see what the issues are. And there is a very deliberate attempt, at least by everyone in the company, to make sure we are aware of what customers think of a feature. So that's very crucial. And I think Amazon, especially, um, maybe Ramya can talk to it, is uh, one of the core principles is customer obsession. So you have to make sure that you're aware of what the customer needs. And so maybe you can... Plus, it's something that comes out on the Amazon website, like all these Echo products. So you do get to see the reviews. And especially if you're working on a feature that's like more customer facing. Yeah, you do get to know their like honest feedback. But yeah, issues can get rooted through Jira's um, and first, you know, get bubbled up to the product team and the yeah the program managers and then get uh, distilled to engineers. So what have been some standout customer reviews in your uh, experience or your memory? 
what have what have some people said and come back that's really stumped you you know it's left you bewildered so i worked on a next gen eco product that was basically taking an existing pipeline that was on a previous eco product and kind of integrate porting it onto a new product and it the the development time was for that was pretty like it was maybe less than 6 7 months and i was kind of in charge of doing that and i was nervous when it was actually going to go out and into the hands of customers and it was i think christmas day when all the reviews were going to come out so i was pretty nervous but then i was thrilled to see okay it's i mean it was a feature that uh, got called out and it was performance was not was I, i guess not too bad and i was relieved both relieved and yeah and also i worked on the telephony side of echo the communication side so it's a lot more you know when people call to echo devices so there's also the echo cancellation and so i kind of worked on that part of, with other engineers of course um and so i was kind of a little i was a little nervous about how customers would because you have telephony is something that's been existed for a while that's existed for a while so i mean luckily yeah it it did well and i was i was i was happy in my case actually there was a recent experience where i worked on this uh, feature which i thought was an incredible feature in terms of so it it was a feature that was trying to provide uh, safety uh, to children and the, the i mean the whole team working on the product believed in it believed that this was for the right use of technology and was everybody believed in the vision of the product but when it actually got announced people didn't take it the way that that we uh, had envisioned it that obviously everything has two sides and the technology can always be put to bad use when it released there were concerns about how people could misuse it that was something that i think i didn't expect or i yeah we i was really happy and proud working on on that feature uh, and when it got announced it was the complete 180 degrees so even though i continue to believe in the product i i could see why customers were worried but at the same time i think any technology there's always a debate uh, how could, how can you misuse it right so i think um, finally it'll really depend on how things evolve but that's something that was new to me in terms of how it felt before the announce and after the announce thank you yeah. a nice one but i'll hand it over to gayatri now thank you chitra so i will probably ask you around uh, the innovation that you're talking about right um, you obviously get a requirement or a specific area in which you are working with a product team and uh, there is a lot of research that goes in and uh, r&d that goes into power both from an audio side or a telecom side so uh, i have also seen your linkedin profile i did stalk a little bit and said that you, you between the two of you you have about 21 order patents that you you hold so i wanted to understand your thinking process and when you started your first patent what made you uh, you know say this i heard ramya say that you know the first time my code went in I, it was very empowering i also want you want to understand from a not just from a software execution but also the innovation side of things i think when we started off somya and i started off we i think when she mentioned we started off in on a stealth project that was pretty advanced even for cutting edge even for today and uh, i think because of that we could we were able to write patents and actually get them uh, approved so it was just the but the nature that we were working on something that was cutting edge and so and i mean and it came out uh, so it, we started work 2010 and around 2010 and you know echo was kind of an offshoot of that stealth project so 
just the fact that it was a cutting edge, uh, te- cutting edge technology and a product that we could, you know, actually publish right patents. Yeah, at, at that time it was uh, we were new to to the industry, and my manager at that time actually encouraged us. So it is something that is encouraged within Amazon and Apple to to actually uh, yeah. file patents. So it's yeah, it's a whole process. They want you to file patents. You actually have meetings where you sit down, brainstorm, and see what is patentable. And sometimes even things that are implemented can be patented. And because it's going into a new product and a new feature, it gets patented. Yeah, I think, like Ramya said, because we were already working in something that was cutting edge, it was e- it's easier to innovate in, a, uh, in, in an area like that. And so everybody was able to figure out something new they could add to the product. And that's how initially we made, I guess we did have a lot of... Uh, new ideas and uh, that were patentable. The same, even here, because we get to work with new technologies and new hardware and new, and there's a lot of interdisciplinary uh, work that happens in both Amazon and Apple. So because of the nature of the interdisciplinary work, uh, you get to innovate in, in new ways. And so I think it gets easier depending on what project you are or the, the nature of the uh, involvement of other disciplines. What? kind of steps do you think uh, people in software can do if they want to innovate? Any any learnings from there? I think um, not assuming that your idea is, is not, not worth it. Uh, even something very simple, which you think can, uh, it, it might seem simple to you. Uh, you don't have to be fancy. It can ju- just be something either system level. It can be uh, something that you think of. Just, I think, un- having that uh, idea itself is, is good enough. Initially, that, that, like Ramya said, even when she got her code in, I, she, she was thrilled because she didn't realize you don't have to have this huge, you don't have to be fancy. So the same thing with ideas, as long as it, you think it can improve, just, uh, just prototype it or just uh, share it with your colleagues. And I think uh, having a very, uh, so I, I initially in my early years, I had a colleague who was very uh, collaborative and that helped me a lot. I think having peer around you that that you can brainstorm with and can share ideas with, that helps. And never dis- discount any idea of yours. I think that's important. And sometimes just allotting that time to you know brainstorm and think is, is also good because sometimes you're just doing your uh, day-to-day work and you just get sucked yeah. into it. So. so And yeah, sometimes just allotting that time and discussing and brainstorming is, is good. Yeah, so I will jump in here because I have to ask my questions just related to this. It may be very cliched or trite, but then have you tried pair programming, the two of you? <laughs> the two of us? Yeah. I mean, I've, so I've, I've gone to Saumya with, I'm looking for help. So I mean, I've, if I run into some build errors or, you know, just algorithmic errors, I, I go to her um, and I ask, I seek for help, but we don't program together. No, we don't program together. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. given the nature of your work, when uh, there's a lot of R&D, you're looking at uh, probably a problem space, which uh, is not even well-defined. How do you first identify what will be an acceptable solution and uh, do you approach these differently between the two of you? Have you ever bounced off ideas to say you know, how you approach the problem or how you try to solve it? Actually, you would think we would have discussed all this, but we, <laughs> we I, I don't think we have. We have actually branched off pretty early. So when she started off, she was in audio and I was in vision. Of course, we discussed our, our problems. Uh, but in terms of how we think uh, differently, and how we validate our ideas. I, I do think 
one thing we have realized, I think both of us is start simple, just the simplest, most basic modules that can get your system working, start with that. Don't get overwhelmed with the complexity of the problem. Uh, it's still something that I have to keep reminding myself when I work on, on new uh, features. But yeah, I think start simple, then see how you can make it modular and then see how you can improve each module. I think that's that's how I would go about it. But yeah, I, I don't know if you're... Yeah, I mean, I, and I think one thing is get your, like, keep your fundamentals uh, strong. And, you know, sometimes just going back and revisiting your textbooks or buying, you know, books that are, uh, subject books are like, that's that's a even if you're like say 10 years or 11 15 years of experience or how like however long you've been coding it's always good to kind of take a textbook and just you know go through theory again that that always helps me so if your question was how we do things differently i don't know if we if i really know how we do things differently so the one thing is i've been a little bit more involved in r&d than ramya has been so it's been a little different in terms of our deliverables uh, so th I think that's probably why we, I mean, I guess C++, we kind of discuss, uh, and then there's, of course, machine learning fundamentals and signal processing we have, we share, uh, but yeah, she's on the computer vision side of things, does a lot more model training and uh, than, than I do. I do a lot more embedded C implementation. I don't know if that answered the question, but. <laughs> yes, definitely. So, so I have a question for the two of you. Have you. I mean, you, you've worked on such an, such an array of uh, areas and there are so many problems that are, you know, burning issues that are out there in the world today, whether it's, uh, you know, how you people are going to govern the metaverse. Uh, there's already two camps, like you mentioned, Samia, you know, you, there's, there's always- I've done my the... homework on metaverse, but I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's always the misuse of technology. And then, so, so then immediately you have people weighing in the pros and cons. And today, at, at least in the world, there seems to be pros and cons of everything. And, and, and everything is, you know, moving only in extremes, uh, whether it's uh, uh, physical changes like climate or whether it's uh, related to our social environment or whether it's on, you know, matters related to uh, ethics or in general, our entire life seems to be, you know, having polar opposites and opinions of everything and, and technology is in the middle, in the thick of it all. So have you two ever thought of, uh, you know, if, if you all had this uh, situation where you had to start your own company, what are some of the problems that you would pick up and try to solve? Because you all just mentioned you go to each other, you bounce ideas of each other, you uh, share a lot of stuff. Uh, if you had the opportunity to do something, uh, would, you, would you do something together? What would it be? So we did have an idea, but it's nothing as grand as you were uh, mentioning or as noble as you were mentioning. But this uh, actually came out, I mean, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, Ramya is, I mean, both of us like uh, exercise and working out, at least. Uh, I mean, like we, not... we have a morning routine. So I, I think, and we used to go to the gym and after, because of the pandemic that like stopped and we had to work out at home and uh, I think, yeah, it was just some workout app that uh, Saw, yeah. Saumya and I worked We in. were thinking, get into the health and wellness, which is now a big, uh, big area. And Ramya is uh, a lot into, she likes reading about nutrition and health and wellness in general. So we were thinking of something in that space where uh, have some way of uh, making it more accessible to somebody like us, where you can, uh, anything. So it's not something as grand or noble as 
tackling climate change or <laughs> even uh, even child safety on uh, platforms but uh, i guess yeah. create intelligence that does not make humans less intelligent like, <laughs> or too dependent on technology but actually help you like certain certain yeah some technologies do help you like so i mean i have not really given it a serious thought but yeah it's but not i don't think in the metaverse field at least at least <laughs> yeah. just use that as an example of <laughs> yeah. yeah but yeah, you, you certainly alluded to a space that's close to my heart at least which is health and wellness it's okay. very fundamental to all of us so if you do do something all the best okay. on that <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I actually, but when when you said uh, started talking about uh, the whole, uh, you know, health and wellness. I mean, uh, being a twin, I want to understand uh, being twin sisters and having a very similar, uh, you know, start of your career. Uh, how does it feel like? I mean, one is uh, leaning on each other. How often have you done that? Or is it? Uh, I know you are you are in different spaces, right? Or you or in your yeah. language. So how how does that work when you have a, I mean uh, like what uh, she was talking about as a pair programming. This is like a when we keep in program management world we keep talking about pairing for an initiative we pair with somebody to do it. I mean it's like a collaboration that you spoke about, right? So how do you pair in uh, when when things go awry or even for example at home when you want to speak to your parents? How does that work? Uh, Yes, I think uh, I think our parents probably complain that we uh, <laughs> are too close. <laughs> are too close, but yeah, we do. We do. Uh, I think uh, a lot of things. So even when we when I started off and Ramya and I started uh, doing things differently, which was actually after a very long time because masters we did did uh, did our courses together, and only when we came to Amazon, it it was that we were in different teams. I realized how. how much just discussing things with ramya actually made me more interested in the subject i never i took it for granted when i was when i was younger that uh, this is something that probably everybody feels in terms of uh, how they feel towards uh, a subject or some problem area but i realized what really helped me was uh, having somebody i could discuss it with uh, making it so it makes it le- more approachable less intimidating when you discuss something with another person and so i re- didn't realize i had that uh, easy access till i came started doing things differently and luckily i found somebody in in my team who i could do something similar which i had done with ramya and ramya didn't have that so there was this we could see a clear difference in how anybody can feel towards any area if you have somebody to discuss things with and when you don't so that's something it uh, that struck me uh, like i said late in life but like i think we keep discussing if ramya runs into problems or i run into problems we do discuss with each other and that helps uh, i think it makes it less intimidating more approachable and we we actually like uh, things more when we make it more conversational and i guess i have the same things to say i mean i it's helpful to have somebody you can uh, discuss with and you know go to help for and I, I, I yeah i guess the same things i without judgment so in in ramya's in my case i'm not going to judge her if she doesn't know anything whereas maybe you'll think twice to go to a, before you go to a colleague because you wonder what how they will uh, respond to it in terms of how they view your expertise but without judgment i think that's we are a privilege in terms of how we have each other for brainstorming but at the same time i think 
we should realize that we are at the same expertise level. So getting uh, outside uh, advice and counsel for things that probably are not, it's not something that we're exposed to uh, is we should do more often, which I think we do less of, but I think that's something that we have learned. Very nice. In fact, when I, when you kept talking, I was realizing it's also, if you get over your fear of failure by just uh, by the sake of talking and starting small, I think I can see the theme falling in place in terms of saying, you know, how do you get started and uh, having somebody to, uh, you know, pull you along and uh, just try it, right? You know, make it, make it happen very nicely put down. Yeah, I had, a, after listening to the two of you, and uh, since you all said that you've had now many years of experience, what is it that you all do to, you know, mentor younger people that are coming into the workforce? How do you, uh, you all have had this unique experience, you know, what it's like to have uh, somebody uh, that you can always fall back on unconditionally that can help you navigate through those tough spots or uh, help you get unstuck. Or just have somebody to, you know, air your thoughts with. First, first question is, uh, how do you nurture that with uh, younger folks that are coming into the work, workforce? And uh, is there something that y'all have discovered that works, that has worked for y'all in terms of uh, nurturing or mentoring uh, people around you? We thank Siddharth for the music and Anita for promoting the software people stories. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast client and spread the word in your network. If you'd like to share your story, contact us at podcasts at pm-powerconsulting.com.